Welcome in to a little special weekend episode here on January 9th. I thought that we would take just a few minutes for those of you who are interested to look at the astrological synthesis of what was going on in the sky this week as these amazing developments have been taking place in our world. I will announce right from the top, this is not a political (laughs) analysis at all. We're going to look at astrological synthesis, but we're going to do it from the context of what is very present for all of us right now in our minds and in the world. Because as we look at the chart of what took place this week, it is a very interesting astrological analysis. Now, we're not going to go into everything, so first of all, This will be done in typical fun astrology style. We will hit some high points. But we had a question in our Facebook group, the Subconscious Mind Mastery Podcast Listeners is the Facebook group where we kind of hang out for both podcasts, and we mix astrology in there as well. Somebody asked the question of how do I learn? Where do I start? Is there a book? Is there anything that I can do to begin? Now, look, I'm thinking about, I'm really looking at, the schedule of my time to can I devote this and make this work. But I really am looking at starting a group where we can meet and talk about astrology. And if you would like to front run the textbook that we would use for that group, you can go wherever you buy your books and get the Astrology Bible by Judy Hall. If you choose to get the Kindle, be sure to get the paperback also, because this is a reference book. Not saying that the Kindle wouldn't work, it would, but it just as you're flipping back and forth and it's divided up. See, it's divided up in signs, planets, houses, and then it goes into a bunch of other things. But as you're looking at these things with a reference, looking for references, it's just easier to thumb through the book. I've got one right here in the booth. I keep it with me. When I'm looking for a word or looking for a concept or validating a principle or something like that, I check in there. Because really the answer to the question about how do I learn, where do I start, you start with your own chart. And then you start with synthesizing three basic components. So you can take some note cards and jot down the characteristics of the ten planets and luminaries. And again, without having to do a bunch of online searching and all that, Judy gives you everything right there. So you capture what jumps out to you. I mean, just start... Start slowly. You can always build, right? You can always add to it. And there is so much that you can embellish. But you start with the planets, and then you start, and then get 12 note cards out and write down characteristics of the signs, and then and work with those two to start. And then you can work with the houses. And then, of course, compare what you're learning to your own chart. So now you start to learn what the glyphs are, so you can read your own chart. And now you see, ah, Mars is in Aries, as it was where we're going to begin our saga here today. Then you're able to see that, right? And then you start to put these things together. And here's what I'm talking about. So basically, the events of this past week were triggered by a sign change, And this is what we focus on this show quite a bit, is when planets change signs, there can be action. And Mars moved from fiery Aries into earthy Taurus, which, of course, is represented by the bull. 
<laughs> and, and certainly the bull charged this week when Mars moved in. But let me not get ahead of myself, <laughs> because one of the things I've learned is to take a look at the slower-moving themes. This is, to me, oh, I'll use a very dated analogy, but it's still on the shelves, Betty Crocker <laughs> cookbook Uh, We're going to bake a pie or a cake, and it's going to take a long, long time in the oven, all right? And that's what we look for first, and those are represented by the slower-moving planets. Now, the slowest of the slowest, the tortoise on the chart, is Pluto. Now, if you're studying astrology, you know that for the United States of America, born birth chart July 4th, 1776, that Pluto was at 27 degrees Capricorn. Pluto today is at 24 degrees Capricorn. That's a three-degree difference. So we know right off the bat that transiting Pluto is getting ready to conjunct the United States' natal Pluto at 27 degrees Capricorn. When does that happen? February 2022. Now, one of the other things that I've learned in just my own observation is that the slower the mover, the wider the orb. Okay, now what did I just, what do I mean by that? When a planet intersects another planet, so when there's a conjunction, that's the same degree and minute And again, my observation is the slower the theme, the slower the movement, the wider or larger number of degrees you can allow to consider that conjunction aspect. Where this really showed up and got clear for me was looking at solar arc charts. And again, I just discovered this in my own life, and then I ran the theme out, and I'm seeing it consistently in doing readings, where this theme plays out that when... Our sun, for example, changes solar arc signs, which is a 30-year transit, that it takes about maybe three to five years on either side of that change for that theme, that sign theme, to morph from one to the other. So if we're moving from, for example, Scorpio to Sagittarius, all of a sudden we don't just change, you know, here's a birthday, boop, now you're a Scorpio, you were a Scorpio solar arc, now you're a Sagittarius solar arc, boom, happy birthday. No, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> it takes time. It morphs. It melds. It transitions. It's like a nice, slow dissolve on a movie scene. It's not a hard cut. So we have this long theme of a wide orb, this slow dissolve that is starting to happen with Pluto conjuncting the United States natal Pluto. Okay? Now, what does that mean? We don't know. (laughs) Why? Because Pluto takes 247 years to go all the way around the chart. So nobody alive on planet Earth has had a Pluto return. Now, we could certainly look at certain industries or entities or corporate or government kind of 
things and we could find some that maybe we could get a, a birth date on, an accurate date. But here's the deal. There's never been in our modern time, at least of history that relates to us, and I want to be careful with wording here right now because just out of respect of everything that's going on, a major world nation, and we can frame that up however we want, but you get the idea, a prominent player on the world stage, that we have a fairly accurate, in this case we, we have several birth times for the United States, but at least we have the day, we do know that, July 4th, 1776, that has had a Pluto return doesn't exist. So we could come up with a lot of cookbook type things around that, but we don't have anything that we can point to historically and say this is a pattern that is likely to occur. And I think because of the situation, if we took a Pluto return of other characteristics that we could study and try to apply it to this, that that would be a misapplication. So bottom line is we're learning, we're observing, and I think the events of this week are part of that orb as this conjunction starts to come into sights now, astrologically. We are there, and it's the slower mover. So don't think that, you know, if we were thinking about the moon being three degrees away from another planet, my goodness, that's a matter of, you know, hours, really, literally, that we wouldn't think that much about it because that's a fast transit. It comes and goes very quickly. Usually it's a trigger, these faster movers, and these slower movers are the big baked-in Betty Crocker themes. Put your apron on, we're going deep. You know, it's that kind of thing. We're going to be here a while. We're going to get a little dirty. Okay, so walking backwards, Pluto is setting up for this conjunction in 2022. So as we describe the rest of this energy, keep that in mind of when we ask the question, well, why is this happening to the United States? Why didn't this, you know, if, if the aspect is there for everybody, if everybody's under this same sky, why did it isolate this particular country? And that gets into a whole nother discussion that we won't go into here. But one of the things that I think this is why you have to walk it all the way back and get the big picture context of what's going on. And that starts with the Pluto conjunction in 2022, all right? Now, I like to use the analogy in the readings of Photoshop layers. You know, we're taking the chart and we're just adding these different layers. Well, one of the layers. Now we've, we've got the layer of Pluto conjuncting Pluto. Now we're going to add the layer of Saturn-Jupiter. We all know that just took place in Aquarius. So Saturn as of this week, is sitting at 2 degrees, Aquarius. Jupiter moved over pretty quickly. It moves fast through Aquarius, and then it turns around, hits the brakes, comes back in and retrograde. So it's already at 4 degrees, Aquarius, but they're basically sitting right there on the cusp. Now Mars, the other player in this little saga, was sitting at 29 degrees, 55 minutes, Aries, and I'm looking at the chart of 1.10 p.m. on Wednesday. That's when the action began. Now, Mars didn't move in to Taurus, the bull, until about, it was almost 6 o'clock Wednesday afternoon. But it was sitting right there at the cusp. Remember, we use these cusps as trigger points. So here was Mars poised in Aries, which is fiery. Mars is fiery. And see, this is where you start to list out the characteristics of the planet. 
aggression, anger, fire, force, passion, intensity. See, I have Mars and my sun on literally the same degree. So a big part of my astrological journey has been unpacking that. So you have all of those characteristics of Mars sitting on this trigger point, moving from, get this picture, here's the synthesis. Now we start to weave this together. Mars is moving from Aries. Mars rules Aries. It also rules Scorpio in ancient astrology. Tuck that away because we're going to come right back to it. But Mars in its own sign of Aries, so fire, fire, like just intense, is getting ready to move into the next sign. And remember, if you go back when last year, if those of you that have been around here for a while, we followed this big time last year, last fall, 2018, when Jupiter moved from its own sign of Sagittarius into Capricorn. And we were talking about when a planet changes into the next sign, it gets grumpy. And I think that you would agree that Jupiter in Capricorn was a grump because it was there for all of 2020. Well, Mars is moving into Taurus, where it's going to be grumpy. And we mentioned just a minute ago that Mars was also the ruler of Scorpio in ancient astrology. Pluto is the modern ruler of Scorpio, but Pluto was not discovered until 1930. And then it took a while to be synthesized, (laughs) our word again, our theme of this little talk, into Scorpionic characteristics. But the fit was there, and so astrology attributed Pluto to Scorpio. But Mars, for all those years, up until just not so long ago, was the ruler of Scorpio. Now, the ancient astrologers had an observation. They didn't have computers, but boy, they sure did have a lot of common sense and smarts, and they had to observe. And they observed that when a planet moved into the sign that was opposite its home, grumpy things could happen. Now, this is in particular an interesting scenario because Mars rules both of these signs that were involved. So it rules Aries, and it was moving out of Aries into Taurus, which is the opposite of its other ruled sign of Scorpio. You see that picture? Now, they call that being in detriment. I searched around a little bit looking for some fodder to bring into this, and Steve Forrest. How do I keep bumping into Stephen Forrest? (laughs) But there he was, and there's a perfect article. I'll drop it into the show notes. And if you're listening to this off of one of the podcast players that you don't see the show notes, just keep clicking down in there and you'll get to it. Click anywhere. Click, 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 click. (laughs) I don't know what you... Click on the timeline or click on the name of the show or click on something and you'll keep going into the show notes. Because this article is, again, it's just perfect. And I'm going to conclude with the very ending of the article because it just, it was written several years ago and you just go, wow, okay, you can't make this stuff up. So let's walk this back again. The big picture, Pluto getting ready to be in this conjunction with natal Pluto for the United States. So we don't know what, but we know there will be. You know, dot, dot, dot. Overlay number one. Overlay number two, Saturn and Jupiter in free expression, don't tell me what to do, Aquarius. When Saturn just barely stuck its toe in Aquarius last spring, there were other expressions of discontent. 
around the world. Well, now here we are to stay. We're not sticking our toe in. We are parked. Overlay number two. Overlay number three. Aries getting ready to leave its own sign and move into its sign of quote unquote detriment. And that's a whole conversation. I'll just leave to the article if you want to explore that in greater detail. He nails it perfectly. Now, a lot of astrologers park themselves in a camp of this is the type of astrology that I like to practice or that I like to favor. And I've created a blend for myself. So I like to look at our ancient roots, our historic roots, and I like to look at the modern interpretations and blend the two. I think it gives us a richness that if we just stay in one camp or another that, uh, you know, we're, we're leaving some on the table, in other words. And I leave a lot on the table with this podcast because obviously I try to keep them short and there's so much we could go into and then it gets confusing. So Mars moving into Taurus would have in ancient astrology been characterized as moving into its sign, Taurus, of detriment. Now, why is Mars in detriment in Taurus? Well, it's because it's opposite Scorpio. So a planet was said to be in detriment when it was across opposite from a sign that it ruled. And when a planet goes in detriment, it gets grumpy. So this was kind of a perfect flashpoint. We're getting close enough to the Pluto conjunction that it is now in our conversation. We've got the two planets in Aquarius triggering that Aquarian energy. We have Mars kicking and screaming, moving from its own sign into the sign of the bull. And that is square to or grumpy or sandpapery or scratchy to Saturn and Jupiter in Aquarius. So you've got that square, you squared off, you've got the sign change, and then once it crossed that line, there's Uranus sitting there at six degrees Taurus. Now, on January 20th, the inauguration, Mars will move all the way to Uranus at six degrees. Now, the other thing that we haven't talked about, and I'm I'm just going to do this very quickly, is the moon. So on Wednesday, the moon was in Libra. You would think balance, harmony, peace out, make love, not war. (laughs) See, this is where other energies can shadow another particular energy. Just wiped it out. And it's it's basically across the chart from Aries. So the, the sign that Mars was leaving, the poor moon was sitting there going, I'll just sit in the back. <laughs> then it moved into Scorpio. So Thursday and Friday, the moon was in Scorpio. And look at all the stuff that happened on Friday. Now, the moon moves into Sagittarius for the weekend. At least from a lunar perspective, that should be a little bit toned down. But then it moves into Capricorn, where it conjuncts or passes right over the top of the sun and Pluto. Oi! And then, there's more, on Friday, Mercury moved into Aquarius. Oh, Mercury, the planet of communication, into Aquarius, technology, free expression, don't tell me what to do, squaring Mars 
and Uranus in Taurus and a major technology company decided to end the communication of the President of the United States on its platform. So you see, Uranus is sitting there in Taurus, and Uranus has been fairly quiet. It's in retrograde, but it's getting ready to station and go direct on January 13th. So it's not very retrograde anymore. So here's Uranus, and basically the context of Uranus is expect the unexpected. See, here's the synthesis. This is wrapping all these pieces together. Expecting the unexpected. Jaw-dropping, whoa, we have never seen this before. Just popping all over the chart. Now let's finish up with Luna, and then we'll wrap this up. So Luna moves into Aquarius again, January 13th. That's next Wednesday. So next week is loaded. The moon will be moving across Capricorn. Then it moves into Aquarius, and by Inauguration Day, guess what sign it's in? (laughs) Taurus, in there with Mars and Uranus. I'm not kidding. You cannot dot, dot, dot make this stuff up, right? Now, there's another piece. (laughs) No, Thomas, we're done. Yeah, we're done. But basically, the other piece is exactly the astrology that Steve Forrest practices. How does this affect us on a soul level? So I'll leave you to the article. But then, in synthesizing all of this, now we've kind of been over the technicalities of where everything is. And we have did it so fast. I mean, my gosh, we could spend two hours on this. But we've been over the technicalities. Now we bring it into our soul. And we look at how these things are affecting us. So as we think about Mars in Taurus from a soul perspective, here is how Steve Forrest closes his article that it was written, I believe, in 2015. He says, in looking at Mars moving into Taurus through the filters that he outlines in the article, but from the soul perspective, we synthesize These questions, where am I creating unnecessary drama in my head or in my relationships? (laughs) I'm getting chills. What battles can I win by walking away? What will this conflict look like 10 years down the road? What does my face in the mirror tell me when I dwell on this resentment? Is winning really worth more to me than peace? How am I perpetuating pointless conflict? What is my part in that? What is my body telling me here? Are pride and ego masquerading as an angry god exhorting me to jihad? Where am I trying to teach a pig to sing? And why am I mad at the pig? And I, again, disclaim, this is talking about how we bring this into our soul. I am making no reference whatsoever to the politics of what just happened. But you can see how broadly applicable astrology is. And that's why I love studying this, is because we can take all of these things and bring them straight into our own lives. And as we reflect on what we're seeing in the headlines, we can go back over that list 
and we can look at, as for these next about six weeks, as Mars is in Taurus, we can look in the mirror and we can see, you know, where's a battle that I could just lay it down? As we look at the results that we're seeing there and the conflict and the strife and the loss of life and just how tragic this whole thing has been, and we look at, where am I in conflict that I could just lay it down. And that is the ultimate application of this. And for you water signs, if you have a little tear in your eye, so do I. And I'll leave it there. Have a good weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Bye-bye.